Welcome to the Pitching Nerd Show, where we get nerdy about the art of pitching. I'm your host, Sean Kitzman, aka The Pitching Nerd. Let's get into the show. Hey everybody, this is Sean Kitzman, aka The Pitching Nerd. Today is episode one of The Pitching Nerd Show. I am super excited to have my guest Gabe Pilla on. And really, uh, the reason I had Gabe on first is without Gabe, there's no Pitching Nerd. And, uh, you know, I'll tease the second guest that we'll have uh, on the second show, Brent Porcier from Top Velocity. He's the second reason that the Pitching Nerd exists, but Gabe is really the big reason the Pitching Nerd exists. So, Gabe, <laughs> tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, what are you doing right now? You're in college. Tell, give, us, give us a little bit of feedback of who you are. Yeah, so I'm 21. I go to North Dakota State University. I am a redshirt sophomore now. Corona shirts. You know, I don't really know what to call it, but basically, I'm coming back as a fourth-year sophomore because we all got our eligibility back, which is awesome. It's a little mid-major D1. Um, and right now, I guess you know, I'm just we're working together. We're working on things, um, you know, and doing things like this, you know, and then we're just, just lifting pretty much and training and doing what I can and just trying to get better every day and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, just making the best of each day. Yeah. So tell me about, um, t- let's talk about kind of, you know, the beginning for you. When did you start to really think that pitching was something that you were going to do? Well, you know, I guess the answer to that would be like way before we met back in like um, junior year of high school. You know, my velocity was I you could go online and look at my old showcase numbers and you'll find that I topped at 75 mm-hmm. miles per hour at one of my showcases that was going into my junior year. And if you know a lot about baseball recruiting, that summer is usually when the D1 commits kind of happen. It's the sophomore to junior summer is when you commit to the D1 school if you're like a prospect. And then that next summer is when you get your draft stock. So I was super late to the process. And so I quit, I quit football that year. Cause like, I remember sitting on my couch and I just like, I was kind of like, how do I gain more velocity? And I found top velocity kind of like what you talked about. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first got exposed. I didn't fully do the program, but um, that's, you know, I found the lifting and I started to do the throwing and then, I worked with an, a different pitching coach that you've met, Ryan mm-hmm. Morris, who is, mm-hmm. you know, really, he's, he's a good pitching coach. Sure. Um, and we worked on mechanics there. Um, basically, for the next six months, you know, I just trained. And um, lots of ups and downs as training goes. And you know that. But I was got myself up to 86, 88. Um, in six months? Falling, in, yeah, I, you know, I jumped up a lot, you know. It not the eighty six eighty eight happened in the summer, but uh-huh. you know, I you know I started training in August, and you know around January I I was up to eighty five. Wow. Um, yeah, and I got hurt, so my velocity dipped a little bit, and then you know as my throwing volume progressed more, I think just you know like the mid season form kind of came into play too a little bit, but I was you know I run it up to eighty eight, and then. You know, I went to a showcase and North Dakota State saw me and talked. I went, took a visit, committed. And then 
you know, I, I believe even in that fall, I was up to almost 90, if not 90. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I, uh, you know, I senior year and then I, I, I got super sick. I got mono. I got a couple other things. Had to get septum surgery. Um, you know, just and I a little bit got a mentally off where I, you know, there's a quote that I saw that says, once you commit or sign a pro contract, you have to work twice as hard as <laughs> when you four. I didn't really understand that and I didn't quite work hard enough and probably got a little complacent, but mm-hmm. anyways, my velocity still came back to around 84, 87 range at top 88. But, um, going into freshman year of college, I, for whatever, some reason, this kind of, it came, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I get there to fall ball and my knee starts like bothering me. It's just kind of like a dull ache. And then all of a sudden, I lift one day and then it's just like it hurts to put weight on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the other aspect of that too is like college is a lot faster. The game is a lot different, but a lot of it is how you believe it to be perceived. I think because a lot of freshmen will come in and they'll think, wow, this game is so much faster. Like I got all these other D one, they're D one players, you know, it's that mindset mm-hmm. where you don't really realize like your stuff's going to play you just do what you're supposed to do so i it took me a while to learn that mm-hmm. um what do you feel like the progression with that was what what were kind of some of the breakthroughs and aha moments for you man that's a there is it's kind of in the fall for me you have moments where you where you get kind of like locked in and mm-hmm. it just things happen. Like, you know, your pitches are good. Put away pitches, you mm-hmm. locate. And then it's, it's, then there's days where you get nervous or like I would get very nervous or I wouldn't necessarily believe in myself and I wouldn't. And I would try to go be too, I would do too much, try to be too perfect. So, you know, I get glimpses, the the aha moments you know that's i i guess once that fall was done i felt like i kind of like had my feet wet like you survived it like i survived it yeah which is not a good mindset (laughs) you don't you don't want to go into anything thinking i survived it and i can even tell you like going into my off-season training program at college my mindset wasn't I'm going to try to get bigger. I'm going to try to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to try to like, just give it everything I have. It was, Oh, this is a college training program. This is going to be really hard. Let's survive it. Sure. You know? So I think, I think you just got to kind of go in and, and attack everything. Um, I'd say I got more comfortable the following fall. Mm-hmm. And so basically, you know, I didn't have the best fall, but it wasn't horrible but I got hurt. My velocity dipped. Talk to, um, talk about the knee injury. What, what was the deal with it? Well, and we'll actually talk about the injury because I bet you we can yeah. figure out what it was, right? Well, it was patella femoral pain syndrome uh-huh. is what they called it. Basically, the tendon right above your kneecap mm-hmm. just would hurt a lot, and I couldn't get into a squat. I couldn't put weight on it. Was that your drive leg or your lead leg? My drive leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... 
it would hurt a lot of days after I pitched and I, you know, like I said, I wasn't able to squat and mm-hmm. do things like that. So I didn't squat that year until March sure. of my freshman year. So, so, so knowing what you know now and having spent enough time around me, uh, because I'm only going to have the opportunity to do this with a couple guys that have spent enough time around me. Yeah. Like, this. like well, let's look into the let's look into the crystal ball a little bit and say, yep. what do you think it was? Well, now I know what it was okay. too because we've worked together. Yeah, but yeah. it was you know, my foot was making my knee basically like when I go down the mound, it was making my knee cave in. But I would try to like keep the knee back. Yeah, and it would just create this really painful torquing. Like you can, I can just, even if I think feel like if you try to keep your foot stable on the ground and push your knee in yep, and try to keep it back at the same time, <laughs> it doesn't really work. Yeah. You're, you're creating two forces that are going in opposite exactly. directions and the knee doesn't like that at all. I didn't know it at the time, but I thought it was just like a, that uh, just happened, you know, just one of the. Yeah. No, well, that's what they'll tell you happened. too, right? I mean, the, 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 the narrative on patellofemoral pain is. You know, they all, they'll, sometimes they'll call it jumper's knee too, right? So yeah. the narrative on patellofemoral pain is, oh, there's nothing you can do. You just got to rest and let it heal. And, and what that really is, and the thing that, as, as we go on and I have different guests on, well, the thing that I want to really kind of help people understand is that, that, that that type of injury isn't on accident. It doesn't happen just randomly. So, yeah. you know, there's what's happening is that shin is, is – uh, trying to externally rotate or stay towards second, and that femur is, mm-hmm. is is coming in, or the thigh is coming in towards home, and so you have a stable you have a stable shin, and probably your foot wasn't very stable either, because I remember when we first looked at it. So yeah, you have a you just have a, opposing forces there. So and then and then what did that feel like when you had the injury? What were you what? How did that impact your delivery? Well, I mean, I just, I couldn't put as much weight on my back leg as, you know, I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it didn't really feel comfortable, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember in the fall, one of the big things was I just, I couldn't get a feel for my mechanics either sure. that year. Um, well, and how frustrating is that too? I mean, because your mechanics, your mechanics yeah. dictate your, your, your uh, command, right? Especially when, like, I would struggle at times. Like, I would try to, like, do things to try to get them back, but then I would just get even farther down the rabbit hole where I have even less feel. Sure. So it was just really, you know, well, it was and, a slippery slope. Yeah, and, and look at that, you know, mono, right? A uh, mm-hmm. couple other things. Knee injury, not feeling confident enough with your, uh, with your mechanics. <clears throat> Velo's dipping a little bit, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, all of those things are recipes for, man, I'm getting my ass kicked over here. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't feel like I'm able to, I'm not, I'm stable on anything. Yep. And then, you know, came back into winter break and my velocity dipped from like that 84, 87 to 81, 83 for a couple of weeks. It, it eventually did come back, but that kind of 81, 83 for the first like two, three times in my, in my um, winter scrimmages mm-hmm. was kind of like the nail in the coffin. Like I'm in a red shirt. Like, and looking back at it, it's like the best thing that's happened to me. But <laughs> at the time, it's it's very like you know you go to college to sure go 
play college baseball and you know you want to play d1 because like you know that's just like you just like it's just part of like the like the like like every college or uh, every high school kid dreams of it. i'm gonna sure. go play college baseball and impact right away and like i'm gonna go get drafted and things like that and it was just kind of like a moment where i was like wow this is very much like up in the air jeopardy sure. like what am i doing right now like yeah you know um, yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's an interesting thing too. I mean, you know, because because guys, we I mean everybody that that tr- tries to make the jump from high school to to whether it's college or minors, I mean, uh, they're all kind of facing the same thing. I mean, there's there's like three or four things that determine whether or not you get to the show. You know, like work ethic, your yeah. ability to uh, your work ethic, your ability to um, perform, right? Uh, your ability to stay healthy. Uh, and then do you have good coaches, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> cause you can get into a situation where you don't, you, you have all those, you have everything in place, but you don't have good coaches that trust you. Maybe they make a judgment about you early on and then, yeah. man, you're screwed sometimes. Yeah. So it's just the way it played out. But you know, that being said, I can look back at it and I'm very happy that it happened the way it did. Um, and one thing, you know, my velocity did eventually come back. Um, when I stopped redshirting or like when I stopped traveling and things like that, though, you know, I was probably let myself go a little bit and, you know, put on a little bit of weight too, that just wasn't needed. But, um, so it was just, you know, things just kind of happened and like eating the college food and stuff like that, you know, (laughs) but, um, no, but I mean, I, I guess I got back up to, I, I topped 86, 88 again once before, like we kind of stopped scrimmaging and then I'd probably sit around like four to six, five to seven, mm-hmm. give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I closed the year off with some really good bullpens and I, and I, when, you know, I could have played that year too a little bit. I don't know if it would have been just like 10 innings or something like that, but it wouldn't have been worth it. Sure. Um, because the, the idea of the red shirt is to give you an extra year of eligibility so then you can build exactly. your skills more. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I, I didn't really want to go play summer ball. I wanted to figure figure my figure my things out. Um so I you know, I texted my mom one night, like, hey mom, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna like lose this weight, I'm gonna you know, I'll do my lifting like I always do, like that's regardless, but um a lift. Um, I'm going to do a throwing program. I'm going to, and then the big one that I remember, I just watched a video about Jake Ari- uh, Arietta doing yeah. Pilates. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I need, I need to do that. Cause like, I need more mobility. I need more core strength. Just like, I, like it, I still think like if a pitcher does Pilates, it's still like as a add on to what they do for sure. It's, it's great. Especially, I was spoiled because I got to work with, yeah. you know, your colleague, Marsha. Yeah. And she's incredible. She's a killer. Um, but, yeah, so my mom, she does what my mom usually does, and she <laughs> takes that text messages. <laughs> if you know my mom, you yep. know what we're talking about. Yep. Um, she goes basically around the Twin Cities to, what, three or four different Pilates studios and goes and talks to every single one of them, and she finds a the studio you guys work out of mm-hmm. and 
I think Marsha either emailed her or said, you know, talked about you. Mm -hmm. And then um, my mom wanted me to work with you. And I was like, I, mom, like, I don't, you know, I don't need to do this right now. Like, I'm fine. Like, cause I, I just didn't know what it was sure. either. Yeah. And then I worked with Marsha for the first time and you were there and you now did the salesman hook where you just <laughs> came in there and blew smoke up your ass and then <laughs> walked out. But, um, but no, but it hooked me and I was like, all right, let's see what he's, what he's got. Cause you talked about having pitching mechanics and having some back leg and things mm -hmm. like that down. And I was like, what's the worst that happens one session right and then from that one session we've been working together for this is gonna start of year two like two full years yeah for sure yeah so yeah um well and that's that's pretty funny too because um i remember uh having the email with your mom and she's like you know i'm gonna try and get my son to come work with you and blah 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 i'm like great but i also knew on the other end of that you know it's not easy as a as a college athlete, or as like mm -hmm. a guy in the minors, when you start to climb the food chain a little bit, you know what winds up happening is you get people that just come at you from all different angles. And mm -hmm. having traveled with the boys for three seasons, when I traveled with uh, the 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 soccer team that I traveled with, I saw that a lot. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy. Like nothing drives me nuts more than, you know, being kind of a hanger on. It, it, mm -hmm. I, I hate it because for me, it's, it, it's never about me, right? Yeah. It's always about helping my client kind of, a, or, or helping the people that I'm work, working with achieve their goals. Mm -hmm. And I love being the back end guy, you know, um, and then also kind of the go-to guy. And so if I'm going to put myself in that role, there's a level of trust that I have to have with the person that I work with and it has to come from them. I can't force it. Yep. So, um, yeah, once I got you in or once we decided we were going to do the, the appointment, I'm like, well, I know what I'll do. I'll just go on YouTube and see what happens. Yeah. Because I'd never seen any of Brent's videos before that time. And then in between yep. the time that we scheduled the appointment and we, you know, we got together, I probably watched three or four hours worth of video. And yeah. Yeah, somewhere between two to four hours worth of video. And the funny thing about that <laughs> is, is those are like, you know, 10 to 15 minute videos. So I was watching a lot of videos. They're not short. Yeah, they're yeah. not short. And the reason why I kind of jumped onto it, and I really liked it a lot, was um, the it matched up with what I knew from Anatomy in Motion, which is you know another course that I took, uh, taught by Gary Ward, and it's mm -hmm. biomechanics. Uh, it's the study of human movement via gait or the walking cycle. And what Brent was talking about with the drive leg, like I got right away. And I had had some inkling of that when I watched, you know, here, another controversial guy in the baseball world. But when, when I'd watched some of Teacher Man stuff, yeah. And um, you know, uh, funny enough, how I even got the whole podcast here was uh, so you know I'm you know I'm a Yankees fan, and so mm -hmm. I listened to LeBron's Pinstripe Show, uh, the two uh, two or three two two springs ago, they had on Teacher Man. Um, cause you know, he worked with judge and I had heard him and when he was talking about, I, I kind of liked some of the stuff that he was talking about. And I checked out some, of, I checked out the only video that he really has on YouTube, which is about an hour long. <clears throat> and as soon as I found it, I, I woke up on a Sunday and I watched all, you know, one hour and 15 minutes of it or whatever it was. Yeah. 
And so uh, that was pretty that was pretty interesting. And what 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 I liked about what he was talking about is he was talking about the like creating torsion in the back leg, and Brent was talking about the same thing. And then I also understood what that torsion did to the foot. So, you know, mm-hmm. that was a pretty interesting thing. But yeah, yeah. I, I had watched a ton of freaking video between the first time that you know that we had talked, and then when you actually scheduled the appointment. <clears throat> and yeah, I, you were the big thing was if you were able to get rid of my knee pain like pretty, pretty much right away. Yeah, within I think the we, first ten minutes. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and then and then we were able to look at your foot and see what it did. And, you know, we were able to kind of concretely give you a reason why. And that's the thing that I, I really enjoy about, you know, doing what we're, you know, what we do with, with mechanics is that Mm -hmm. it's not left up to speculation. The skeleton only does so many things. So we're going to get your skeleton to move, you know, efficiently in, in the most, to provide the most maximal effort, but with sustainability because, you know, you can you can make your skeleton do stuff that gives you velocity, but it may not be good for you. Yeah. So, so you, uh, we work together. Um, we do some of the weird foot stuff and, you know, stuff that nobody even wants to hear about or listen to at the time. And, uh, then you go back to fall ball or you go back to school again in the fall. And and so what happens? Yeah. I went back to school in the fall. Um, that summer when we had been working together, I, I, hit a 88 i remember my first outing in the fall um i first inning i was 88 to 90 um that was really cool that was like a like that was just a really rewarding moment sure the rest of the fall i sat 86 88 i kind of tweaked my ankle that could have been part of it but Mm -hmm. i also just couldn't have been ready to be 88 to 90 sure um well that's an interesting statement well, yeah, I mean, so I can dive into that a little more in Let's a do it. second. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, you know, I think I, I, my body was capable of throwing 90 miles yep. per hour. Like that was, that's hundred percent fact. Like yep. I had thrown it. Does that mean that you should be throwing that hard? <laughs> Not necessarily. Like you remember, there's still a lot of issues I had yep. and whether the injury happened because of the added force going into the ground and things like that to my ankle. Um, you know, I don't know, but, or my nervous system was just, you know, a little bit overloaded, you know, the body just might not quite be ready to like have that, like that, that, that extra like intent, that speed, that force, you know, whatever you want to say. Like it is a lot of torque on the body, and if it's not strong enough, if it's not moving well enough, then I do think that it will push back a little bit. Oh yeah, and and, and for some so. people, I mean, I've talked to guys that are not throwing anywhere. You know, they're throwing eighty-five, and yeah. you know, having arm issues. You know, yeah. I mean, like, because the thing that we want to think about is, I think that just about everybody can get to eighty-five. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can just about everybody will get there. And there's a reason why the jump from 85 to 90 is so big. And then the jump from 90 to 95 is so big. Yeah. Um, and the best way I think that, you know, you and I have talked about it is it's kind of, it's analogous to, to weightlifting. Yeah. I, I can show anybody how to, anybody can go in the gym for six months and pull 315. 
Yeah. The jump from 315 to 405 is big. Mm-hmm. And then the jump from 405 to 495 is huge. Yeah. And you can get away with doing dumb stuff at 315. You can still get away with doing dumb stuff at 405. Mm-hmm. But if once you get north of, you know, 405 and you start, you know, touching five plates a side, um, yeah. or five plates plus a side on the deadlift, then then it becomes a much different thing. Then your mechanics really, really matter. Now, for the yeah. for most people, they never get north of 405, so they never figure out some of their mechanical issues. Mm-hmm. And so for you, you know, um, and for for people out there listening to that, you know, the, the, the thing that you and I have talked a lot about that I think is um, one of the interesting conversations that the baseball world needs to hear, and I'll talk more about it a lot all the time, um, is that your body doesn't know the difference between a one rep max on a squat or a one rep max when you're throwing because it's, it's max velocity. I mean, yeah. I mean, just the other day, you know, I sent you a video of, you know, I PR'd basically yep. 91 on the flat ground. I threw 26, 27 balls that day. Yep. I came back to my house after and my, I could feel my body freaking like I could feel my nervous system, like spazzing out. Sure. Like, not like that. I was cramped. It's not like a cramping or anything. It's just, it's Tired. very, it's, it, it was exhausted. Yeah. I could feel how exhausted it was. Yeah. So, so the, and the struggle with pitching is pitching's volume based unless you're, you know, unless you're a one inning closer, Yeah. you know, unless you're Chapman or, you know, you know, guys like that you know so so it's a it's a it's a volume-based game and then you know like you you know we'll get into this a little bit later but you closed this last year and a lot of times you were going Mm -hmm. two innings you know and so that's still volume you know there's there's a chance you're gonna throw 40 50 pitches if stuff goes south you know in between those two innings you could have a bad inning you know, and, and rack up 30 pitches, you might get out of the inning too, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, it's a volume based game. And so trying to measure that, you know, that velocity and that, that PR of, you know, in one pitch and then trying to go back to that repeatedly, which we can talk about here in a bit, but I think it's one of the smartest things that you've done this year in your training and the way that we're, we're working together now is that you've, you've kind of recognized that as well. And you're learning to listen to your body a lot more, which is a hard thing. Cause I remember, yeah. dude, I was a moron at 21. I would do dumb stuff to my body, yeah. <clears throat> you know? So just because I could, and like you said, just because you can, doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's been like one of the bigger things is like, I was texting one of my buddies that, you know, and like I sent him the video and the, the screenshot of the mm-hmm. Boston is like, it's like, you know, last week we were, we were working together, I was 88. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you think the little jump up is? And I was like, I mean, part of it is like, maybe I just sequenced a little better that mm-hmm. day, you know, but I also said like, but this was also programmed for me. Like right. to, this was the week where I'm peaking. Like, right. like to like Monday, my RPE was on a scale of, out of 10 it was nine mm-hmm. i was doing everything like almost 10 like today it will be an eight i'll let myself recover a little bit but i still want the high and mm-hmm. then like again on friday i'm going 10 out of 10 like i'm 
you know, pushing the envelope. Yep. Like I, I told him like, I planned this out so that like, I know when to redline. I know when to build my volume up. I know when to decrease my load. So that's, that's been one of the bigger things. I agree for sure. I'm just getting way more like scientific about how I'm doing it. And I'm doing things in like, I'm doing like, I'll do three separation throws in a row to like have my body like set up into the position. Yep. And then from there I'll go to my, my normal windup or something like that. Yep. So like I now have to feel how the separation is like going from the, the constraint throw to the normal throw. Mm -hmm. Like it's just about teaching my nervous system how to like actually change. Yeah. And it's such a weird thing because you know, um, it's, it's one of those things that people will have a hard time with because mm-hmm. there's not, you know, all the science and evidence and data behind it in the pitching world. But you can see it exist in weightlifting, you know? Yeah. I mean, in any type of strength sport, you see it exist. And especially in today's baseball, today's baseball is get you to throw as hard as you can. Like, you know, 30 years ago, you could get by with an 87-mile-per-hour fastball and throw a bunch of junk, you know, because guys would expand the zone. And they were hitting mm-hmm. singles, you know. Now today, you expand the zone, or you you throw eighty five miles an hour and a bunch of junk, dude. You get lit up because guys are less yeah. likely. Yes, they strike out more, but when they make contact, it means more. It's not just a single any longer. It's yeah. a, you know, it's a it's 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 an extra base hit or it's a it's out of the park. So yeah. you know, um, and there's a lot of things to be said for living in that sixty to eighty percent range of effort. Because every conditioning program that has you try to max goes to that 60 and 80% effort. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, and you live there, you know? I, I don't care if it's a strength program. I don't care if it's an endurance program. If you start to look at the way that they program it out and, and the places that you spend the longest in, because it's the easiest place to recover from and still make gains. Yep. And now they're slower incremental gains, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's, it's also why I think that um, you'll be able to handle some of that volume more, you know? Yeah. And, and that's an important thing, you know? The ability to yep. handle that volume as you go, because you're increasing, you know, you're increasing that 60 80% volume, and that's building strength. That's also building yeah. the, the, you know, the, the, the resiliency or the neuroplasticity of the nervous system as well. It, it's much easier for you to make changes at 60 to 80% than it is at a hundred percent. Yep. You know? Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And then that the rest of that year I was 86, 88, pretty much I'd get up to 90 every now and then. Um, let's, and let's then, talk, let's talk about that jump though. And, and, um, when you went back to school after working on your mechanics, one of the things that we started to notice and getting you into your drive leg more, one of the things that we started to notice was that you're, you were starting to be able to spot better and your, yeah. and your secondary pitches were starting to show some difference, right? Yeah. They weren't, they weren't, you know, like flat filthy like they are now, but, um, yeah. but they were, you were starting to see something with them. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So there was just, a little bit more consistency, mm-hmm. just, um, just I'd have better times locating my fastball and throwing my slider. Um, and yeah, I just expect like, as we went on in the year too, it, 
I got a little more comfortable, but then, you know, once the season started, I had some good moments and I had some bad moments where it just part of just the learning curve of yeah. being a freshman again. Yeah. But I think I didn't really, again, I kind of struggled in the fact of like, I lost my mechanics and I couldn't really find them. And then I remember one day we had a phone call and you like really, like we figured out the cue that really helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that like, I would be able to locate my glove side way better because that was always an issue for me. And like my slider just got way better. Um, and then I think the big jump is like when last summer, when oh, we, yeah. when, when I went to top velocity, my velocity started to climb a lot higher, but then we really figured out the back leg mechanics and slowly progressed at like the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one of the big things was like, I needed to like have better control and better just like things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we found that like my control got way better. Like I stopped missing sides. Mm-hmm. If I missed, it was up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, my slider just got way better, mm-hmm. like way more depth. Way, And the velocity jumped up from 76, 78 to, I think I've hit 84 with it. Mm-hmm. 83 for sure. Maybe 84, but it will sit 80, 82. Um, and then my changeup got way better too. And like, I was just able to spot and hit locations and I'd sit, you know, last fall I was 89, 91 consistently. And mm-hmm. I tops 92 a handful of times mm-hmm. also. Um, so yeah, I just, it, it, you know, it doesn't have to, be this relationship towards control or velocity like if done right it can be control and velocity for sure so well and and i think that that should be the goal though right because that's what the best guys have and the interesting thing about it is that we what we found more now is that the better your mechanics get the better your control gets and the better your velocity gets and the funniest thing about it is, is it's not, it's not speeding up your skeleton. It's actually slowing your skeleton down a little bit. So then you can speed up at the last second. Yeah. So, you know, like in my head, when I think about, when I think about delivery, I want people to spend so much time in their back half and that back leg, mm-hmm. like, and, and it's hilarious because it's 0.6 to 0.8 seconds. You know, it's not very long at all, you know? Yeah. But, um, what happens is the longer you can stay in that drive leg <clears throat> and then, you know, the longer you, the, the more margin for error that you have, because that's the thing that we want to think about is, and it's, and you know, when we're saying that you're, you know, you're, we're trying to slow you down, you're not really going that slow. Uh, no. And now you're not slow at all. Um, no. But it's, it's that idea. And I think it's part of the ability to, as you get more familiar with it, I think, and you can tell me better, because you do this, but I feel like <clears throat> for you, your mechanics are slow now in that in your head, like you understand the sequence of what should happen. So as you're going, you can change the way things feel. Yeah. Right. For sure. And then we 100%. can, yeah. And then we can see that pay out, you know, that's the crazy thing is we can see it pay out. And now, mm-hmm. you know, we've got that freaking diamond kinetics ball, which is going to be, <laughs> really yeah. bad for people because now I'm going to, now I know that I'm right. And so, you know, um, and I'm having them on, they're, they're on, they're the fourth show. I've already yeah. got those guys lined up. 
So I can't wait to talk to those guys. It's going to be super yeah. fun. That'll but, be fun. You know, um, but now we're starting to be able to quantify some of the changes and then, you know, help some of the changes stick. But I think the thing is, too, is that, like, I had this kid send me some, uh, some video the other day. And he had that uh, the the harness thing with on your leg, you know. Yep. And I understand what it's trying to do, but it doesn't do what it's intending to do. Yeah. Because it 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 doesn't change the way that the foot is making contact with the ground. Yeah. And so, I'm I'm a firm believer that you could do a ton of stuff with your mechanics with no tools, like just your body. Mm-hmm. And and then at some point in time, like the, I, I would even hesitate to take kids and give them the diamond kinetics ball right away, because mm-hmm. I think you can get lost in that, you know. Because especially like there's certain things that are being talked about right now, like spin rate and stuff like that. So if you yeah. give a, if you give a kid that ball at 14 and they start to focus on spin rate, j- again, just because you can spin the ball fast doesn't necessarily mean it's good for your body. Yeah, you know. So so you know. And and that'll be interesting to see as we go along and as we kind of get everything sequenced and we get you to a place where like, you know, you're sitting 93 to 95 on a regular basis um, mm-hmm. or, <coughs> excuse me, maybe 92, 94, topping 95. And then we can really start to play around with spin rate and, and, and you know, see what, see how we can affect that. But yeah. all of that stuff is at the very end, you know? Yeah. Um, and the, the funny thing about it is that, you know, you talked about work ethic in, in your freshman year. And um, if anybody knows you now, you know, I mean, the, the biggest aha moment that I think you've had over the last year is not working, it, working more efficiently, working smarter, yeah. not harder now, right? Just not working down, myself down to the bone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you, uh, you go down to top V. Um, we, we dial you in a little bit, uh, actually quite a bit. I mean, you know. Uh, and the the other amazing thing was that you didn't throw, you threw one game. Oh no, you threw a couple games last summer, didn't you? I threw two games. Two. One, and yeah. So the first game I started, oh, it was like, not that like, I was super hit or miss. Because sure. keep in mind, I'd basically thrown at forty feet the entire summer. Summer. Yeah. So I'd thrown a few flat grounds, but that was pretty much it. Um, no like full length bullpens. Mm-hmm. So like part of it was just like I had no idea what my body was doing. It's sure. just, like my stuff was better, like my my fastball would move more, my fastball was faster, my slider was better, my changeup was better, but God I had no idea where that thing like and it wasn't that it's was just like I just didn't quite understand how to replicate the mechanics from training to the sure. game yet. Sure, sure. Um and then I think we had one bullpen session in yeah. between that and my yeah, next yeah. start. Yeah, yeah. And then my next start, I went six strong, giving up one or two runs with, like, nine strikeouts. Like, yeah. literally, it took one bullpen session. And then I, I, even from there, like, even now, like, I don't need to throw far to, like, be able to adjust. Like, I know how to adjust now. Sure. So, like, that one bullpen session, like, did works for us. I remember. Oh my gosh, I remember in the middle of it, we were just like, "Oh shit!" This, yeah, you know. And yeah. then And then I went to the game, and and we were 
I could see you started to lose your stuff in about the fourth inning. And when I say lose it, I mean you weren't like, you know, throwing all over the place, you know, bouncing balls and stuff. But it was – It took could, a little bit more effort to – Yeah, and you weren't uh, – you weren't the, – the guys weren't responding the same. Yeah. And then I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, okay, so he's kind of losing his stuff. What am, I, what am I doing with this? You know, how do we change this? Yeah. Because for me, that's what you pay me for. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the thing that people don't, they won't understand until they work with me. Um, and this is what I feel like they should expect out of everybody they work with. Dude, you pay me. I should produce. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I love environments like this. It's, it's where I mm-hmm. thrive. Like put me in, and you've seen me at top V twice, you know, yeah. I, you, you saw me at this one game. This is stuff I love to do. I love to problem solve on the fly. And I yep. remember, like, okay, I was sitting there thinking in between the fifth and the – yeah, I think it was in between the fifth and the sixth. And I said to myself, I'm like, what am I going to – what are we going to do here? Like, he's got more in him. I could see it. And I was like, oh, man, if he just tucks his pelvis or post tilts his pelvis a little bit more because that's going to hold him back. And then yep. we talked about it. And then all of a sudden the next inning you go out, and I'm like, oh, shit, there it is again. Yeah. And I can remember after you came out of the game, I hung around for like another half inning or something, and I'm walking off the field, right? Because I'm you're the only person I'm working with at this time. Yeah. But I'm walking off the field, and I think to myself, I am wasting my talent if I don't do this, right? Yeah. Like I was so pumped, like like yeah. The conversation, I'm rid- ridiculously extroverted, right? So the conversation yeah. that I had with myself <laughs> out loud. Between St. Paul and Bloomington, I believe the it. whole twenty minutes was just <laughs> like you know, yeah. So so yeah, and then I think that that really helped to cement you going into the fall as well, right? Yeah, it was kind of like what I needed to like know that like it all like was like it's, it's like it's all gonna work out. Like I'm not gonna be wild all over the place, right? So, and yeah. and also like, man. You know, talk about that 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 feeling between your freshman year where you didn't have any feeling for your command because you were injured, and then you know you had you had no confidence in your stuff. Yeah. I remember, you know, watching you in that game, and I had watched you in you know summer ball games the previous summer when we first started working together, and I would see glimpses of confidence, right? But I remember watching you in that game after like the first inning when guys were starting to like you could t- the way guys were reacting to your stuff like I could see that confidence start start to build. Yeah. And then now and they had a they had a couple D1 hitters like you know one of yeah. my teammates played on that team another kid from Omaha played yeah. on that team yeah. like you know they weren't just a bunch of like old <laughs> old ass dudes right. like they had some like young you know decent hitters. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. And even if they didn't, it doesn't even matter because your ability to, to do what you wanted to do helped yeah. so much with your confidence. I mean, you could have you could have sat down, you know, every guy, you know, and um, had that, you know, that would have been okay. <clears throat> if you would have went out there and got hit by a bunch of guys that weren't good, you know, that wouldn't have been okay, you know. And so, um, so yeah, that that I think that the other thing that people need to recognize too is that part of the reason that they don't feel confident is because in intrinsically in their brain their they know that they can't duplicate anything with their when their mechanics Mm -hmm. are off and so not only does it not only is their their performance 
like where they're able to locate and spot, not only does that give them negative feedback, but there's also their nervous system is, is, is just telling them like, hey, this isn't right, you know? And so there's that doubt that comes in there. And especially, you know, until you can build up enough successes to have that, that just that bold ass confidence that I'm gonna go out there every mm-hmm. time. And even if I don't have my stuff, I'm gonna go out there and, and dominate guys. That takes a while, you know? I mean, that, that takes, yeah. and the better your mechanics are, the earlier your mechanics get good, the more opportunity that you have to do that and the more that your the more that your nervous system your brain goes hey we're okay yeah. here we can start to expand this yeah so yeah. so you, so you go back to school and then um, talk about talk about that last that last fall season so two things one it kind of felt a little bit more make or break than the previous two years sure and what i mean by that is I kind of like forced my way into top velocity. We're like, sure. It may not have been like exactly what everybody wanted me to do, but I felt like I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't necessarily go play summer ball either, which I, you know, whatever. But (laughs) it definitely it felt like a little bit more like, all right, this is it. You either have it or you don't this year. Right. Not in the fact they're like that I would never play, but it just definitely felt like, like you need to put it all together now. Well, yeah. And I think it's important too, to like, your goal is to not just finish out your college career and then go yeah. to a nine to five. Right. Yeah. Your goal is to get a shot at the show. And yeah. so, you know, if that's your goal and by the way, there's nothing wrong with a guy wanting to finish out his college career and no. then going on to, you know, whatever his pursue, whatever he gets with, his, does with his degree, but that's not your goal. And yeah. you made a bold-ass statement and a bold-ass move, right? It was like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to go down to Louisiana for seven weeks. Yeah. And, you know, let's see what happens. And yeah. I remember going back and thinking, when you were going back, and like, especially like in the middle of when you were at Top V, and I remember thinking, like, if he could just go back and have more velo and have just a little bit more command, they're yeah. not going to know what to do with him. Yeah. And then you went back and had all that plus. Yeah. You know, so, so you go back and, and that being said, like, you know what I was going to say is that being said, like a lot more pressure, a lot more make and break, but like, I also, I knew where I was at. Sure. Like, like I, I was like, cause you know, I threw live to one of my buddies too. And like, at first it was like finding my feet a little bit still, but then I remember that last session, like it all just kind of came together. Yep. And I was like, yeah. And like, I was like, I, I'm good. Like, yep. I got it. Yeah. And like, I think I was still a little nervous for my first two bullpens. For sure. And like, my my first live BP session, I was like, I got it. Like, sure. I'm good. Like, and, and what does that feel like fine. to you? Talk about that. What does that mean to you that you got it? I guess it's just like, it's like to me it was like I'm all right, this like this isn't just like like this control isn't just like a fluke. Like mm-hmm. this stuff isn't just like a fluke. Like mm-hmm. like I, I like I got the stuff now. Like I can throw the ball where I want. I can throw the ball hard where I want. Mm-hmm. And like like and, and the funny thing about it is is I think that's an important thing for people to hear and, and as I have more pitchers on and we kind of you know jump into this conversation 
<clears throat> with different guys, I, I think that the, the, the expectation is for guys or kind of the assumption is, you know, if you're sitting at, in Little League and you're watching the high school guys go, you're thinking, man, that high school guy can throw the ball wherever we want to. Yeah. And then when you're sitting in high school and you look at the college guys or even the minor league guys or even the pros, right? Mm-hmm. You think, man, those guys can throw the ball wherever they want to. And then you get yeah. to college. And now as you're just looking at the minor league guys and the pros, and you're like, man, that guy can throw the ball wherever he wants to. Yeah. And, and that's not true, right? Like that is not something that you don't get to a certain level and you have it, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a shit ton, a metric shit ton of work that gets you to there, right? For sure. And, and yeah. it's, your, it's your mechanics. So the thing that I want people to hear about out there is like, you got a lot str- I mean, we haven't even talked about what you've done with your body in the last two years, yeah. right? I mean, like, you look like a completely different dude, right? Yeah. So you've gotten a lot stronger, but even though that you, and that strength has definitely helped you, you know, because it's helped you to stay in your drive like longer and, and be more explosive and all those things. But we've seen guys that are super explosive. Like we were at a local, you know, baseball facility this last fall or summer, whatever it was, and there was that guy there that was I mean, that dude had to be six five. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. I remember that. That now. dude yeah. had to be six five. And he Probably was taller. strong as hell, right? Yeah. Dude, I guarantee you, looking at that guy, he wasn't spotting his stuff on a regular basis. Because I could tell yeah. what he was doing with his mechanics. Yep. And so, you know, the, the important thing is, is that the more that you work on your mechanics, the more you have that control and, and that ability to do the things that you want to do, especially in pressure situations. Because <clears throat> the other thing, too, is like now that you understand your mechanics well enough, you can make changes on the <laughs> fly and predictably make the changes. And I don't think that happens for a lot of guys. No. They'll tell you it happens, but you can see that it doesn't. Yeah, I for sure. Like that, and that was one of the bigger things. Is like, I knew what to feel. Yep. To like actually make the changes. So, that was, you know, that fall was you know, had a good fall. Like I said, eighty nine, ninety one. Couple games where I would be ninety, ninety one, and top ninety two a handful of times, and it's way better stuff in general. Um, and then I remember the first time I hit 92 was like on pro day, pro scout day. And, you know, I was able to make some impress- impersonation, uh, impressions, impressions, yep. that's my bad. impressions on a uh, pro day. And, um, yeah, so it was just like exactly what I wanted out of my fall and like, and a little more. So mm-hmm. it was just a lot better. And I was just a lot more confident in myself. Sure. And, you know, I think the other thing is like I knew kind of like how hard I had worked. Yep. And I and I also kind of felt like nobody in the team had like worked harder than I did for in sure. the summer. And that's no disrespect to anybody, but, but I, I just like I knew it was day in day out, six hours every single day. Like I oh. I knew the hours <laughs> yeah. I was doing at least. Like, yeah. You know. Like. So um, so fall ball gets over or the fall season yeah. gets over and then. We decide you decide that you're gonna take a trip back down to Top V, right? Yep. So we do that, and then what happens when we're down there? You know, so I'd been dealing with this shoulder thing for a little while, where it wasn't like a pain, but it was like a like I kind of get stiff. Yep. Um, 
so we're down there and then i uh it just you know keeps flaring up pretty much where like it just gets pretty stiff and um it's hard to throw and hard to throw hard Mm -hmm. so we're down there and keeps coming up but you know you come in the day and we work on it and we get it going and then i hit a pr on my med ball throw yep (laughs) and it kind of flared back up a little bit which you had expected yep um but it it settles back down over the next day or two and then we throw a bullpen and then it was kind of the same thing it flared up a little bit again um and then we felt like it was the best decision was i was going to stay there till wednesday originally yep but you know i decided to come back early yep just so we could control things more yep but for whatever reason um throw start throwing again on monday and my velocity was a little better yep um and it didn't bother me and it kept progressing and it was really weird. You know, it was bothering me the whole month and I wasn't quite able to work on mechanics the way I wanted to, but, um, that's kind of where I learned how to train smarter. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whatever reason it went away when I got back home, <laughs> you know, I, I remember we didn't specifically work on anything right away. Right. And just, we had things we were doing, but, yep. you know. Now, given what we've done over the last four weeks uh, with with your upper half and your head angle, yeah, I really think what that was is that that was kind of, and we had talked about that when we were down there and, you know, when we came yeah. back was, you know, because your head angle was just a little bit farther off to your glove side, it was putting a ton of stress on that the neck and the and the upper trap yeah. and the shoulder yeah and there's a you know because you were kind of giving some nerve impingement stuff right yeah and so um so you know that 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 added stress of you know your your essentially your your scapula trying to keep your pull your head back towards you a little bit yeah you know i i think that's a especially because when it, it would happen on the med ball throws and just based on the med ball throw your your head's gonna come to the to your glove side just a little bit more because of the yep. the the arm path of it. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, and that was stuff that we were looking at. I mean, the the two things that we were looking at when you went back to school in the fall was a trying to get. Well, there was three things. We were trying to get your your upper half over your front leg more, and then we were trying to like start to talk a little bit about that head angle. And then yep. also the amount that you sat versus coming out in drift phase. Yep. So those were kind of the three things. Yep. And I think that we saw the, um, and I think they all kind of go together, by the way. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it starts, well, I think that probably the pulling the glove side with your head and it wasn't bad. Um, but I think it was left over from old stuff. And the part is other part of the equation too, is I got, I was a way, I'm like way stronger, Yep. you know, way faster like yep Yep. you know kind of how you said about like maybe a couple months ago i was able to get away with something like that but it was just a point where it's like i can't really get away with certain things anymore right and it keeps you honest yeah yeah (laughs) you know well and and i think the other thing too that we you know we you and i luckily we don't run into a lot of injuries um and you know I, I like to believe that is because of how we kind of work together and in the way that we, uh, we work through your stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we look at, when we see those injuries come up, 
to me, that's an opportunity for growth because that's, yeah. that's your, that's your nervous system telling you now let's be fair too. It's you're, we're, we're not dealing with elbow pain, right? No, like we're, we're not dealing with like ACL pain. So we're not dealing with life or death pain as far as your career goes. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we're dealing with little things just like you would deal with little things in the gym, you know, like <clears throat> sometimes you're, 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 you're sequencing off for your power clean. Right. Or sometimes your sequencing off is off for your squat or your bench or, or whatever it yeah. is. And so you wind up with these little dumb injuries because of it. And yep. you, those injuries happen because you're, you're going hard, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean like a couple of weeks ago I did a, I did a kettlebell set and I was tired at the end of the, the set and you know, I'm snatching a 20 or a 22 K, you know, for like six or seven minutes. And you know, like, I, I normally my insertion's really good, but I was fatigued, <clears throat> and I, you know, the, I had the bell kind of drop on my forearm, and I haven't bruised my forearm in a long, long, long time, yeah. right? But that's just what happens when you get tired and you get fatigued, and you're trying to go, yeah. at, you know, at a max capacity. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, um, let's see. Then, then kind of talk about a little bit of you know uh, what what you feel like you've gotten a, a handle on over the the last, I don't know, four to uh, about five weeks now, huh? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. Talk about the end of your, talk about the end of this year. Well, talk about this, the spring season. Cause that was the big so, thing. So yeah. Holy coming crap, back into school. That. Once I, once I started coming back into school and like, I knew I was healthy again. Yep. And like, I knew that like my velocity was like up cause I was playing, you know, catch with my roommate and like the ball was just like coming out different yep. and just like, he even said, like, like he doesn't, he didn't like playing catch with me because, like, it just, like, you know, it just, just was coming different. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, my first live outing, I was ninety ninety two, and mm-hmm. I pretty much the rest of the year sat ninety ninety two. Mm-hmm. You know, on any given, like, even the days where I was a little fatigued, because, like, I was, I would, sometimes I'd pitch twice a weekend. Mm-hmm. I'd still get up to at least 91, mm-hmm. 92. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hit 93 later in the bubble too, in the bubble practices, mm-hmm. the top 93. And I hit 93 again in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I mean, my whole thing, my mindset was like, I don't really care anymore about mm-hmm. like how I'm used. Like use me as a closer, go ahead. Use me as a early relief, long relief. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to start me? I can start. And I think that's where I saw myself as like, you know, you look at like, like I'll just use like football players for like, you know, you see a guy on defense who can cover like the slot or cover yep. like safety linebacker. Like they're very versatile. I felt like that's what I was like, where yeah. I was like, I had like a lot of versatility, mm-hmm. like where I could pretty much be used anyway and i'd be i would be effective like i would i would do my job yeah you were like a utility infielder right you could they could stick you in any role yeah yeah like i just i felt like didn't matter what role i was i was gonna do it and do it well Mm -hmm. um you know and more or less i was the closer this year Mm -hmm. um i had two saves um but all my situations I'd come into were late relief mm-hmm. pretty much. So 
you know, I just, I remember Hawaii. It was kind of like another, like another little test. And I remember I, I had that day, like, like in my mind, like noted, I was like, like, this is it. Like, this is like our coming out party. This sure. is where like I show up and I know like nobody knows who I am. Sure. Cause like I was a, like the way I would project after my redshirt freshman year would be like a solid reliever to best. And like, mm-hmm. I knew nobody know who knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And I knew that like, this is gonna be my coming out party. This is gonna be where I like show up and everybody's gonna be like, who the hell is this kid? Mm-hmm. Like, I knew that was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I had been planning that since fall ball ended. Mm-hmm. I was like, after fall ball ended, like, this is it. This is like, I'm working towards Hawaii, I'm gonna sh- like I'm gonna like break the freaking hinges off the door, <laughs> like you know, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember like I came in and we were down eight nothing. Um, there's just you know the situations didn't call for me to be used sure. earlier in the game, so like I remember one of the games it was like our top like three le- relievers pitched in that game. Mm-hmm. It was me another lefty and then another lefty and just you know we we had lost pretty unfortunately like we won the first game two to one on Friday night, mm-hmm. but we unfortunately we had gotten blown out a few times. Mm-hmm. But I remember I came in, and just, I think I gave up one hit in two innings with two strikeouts. And, like, I know it's not crazy stats, but it was more of, like, the, the tone I'd set in sure. the game. And, like, I've sent you video. Like, you yeah. see it. Like, they had a lefty hitter, pretty good hitter. Um, I knew, like, this was in my second inning. He stepped in the box, and he, like, started staring at me, and I'm like, all right, you're not going to just like stare at me like mm-hmm. that. Like, come on now. Like, mm-hmm. So like, you know, he, uh, he stepped out of the box and during the at bat and I stared at him the entire time he did that. Sure. Like it was just little things like that where I felt like I came in there and I felt like I set a tone and I felt like that, like, like I'm here, like get in the box. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what, it, you know, that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it was very refreshing to like have this mindset where I kind of felt like a dog. Like I, sure. I, I felt like, I felt like I commanded respect. Sure. Um, and I, and I like, at that being said, it's, you can't just go somewhere and just command respect. Like, I feel like you have to work for it. You have to earn that right. For sure. And like, I had paid my dues. Like I still spend six hours every single day training. Mm-hmm. Like, I do it every single day. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just to get you don't get to just do that. You have to do the work to be able to do that. For sure. So that was, that was just kind of like a really like cool moment where it was like a year ago, would I have stared at a guy if he got in the, I it, you know, the feeling was different. Like when he came in there and stared at me, like I knew that it was just going to be a different at bat and it, he got a hit off me. He was a really good hitter. Sure. He hit a really good change up down in a way, but it was just that 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 whole inning was that type of mindset. Mm-hmm. So, I think that was just like where it like really shifted for me. Where it was like, all right, like I might give up a run or two there, but like, like this year is just going to be a different year. Yeah, so. and also um, as you've said, you know, over the spring that uh, that we worked together, Hawaii wasn't like Hawaii is. They had a good squad. So yeah, they almost took a series from Vandy. Yeah, like, 
and their their hitters are pesty. You know, mm-hmm. they would um, one of their hitters lefty was notorious for just taking a lot of pitches, fouling pitches off, and he doesn't get out. But like, you know, they were very pesty hitters, and they don't strike out a lot. Sure, and they're very well disciplined. Sure, and they don't swing at bad pitches. So, I had to go in there, and I had to like do my like I had to fill up the zone. And like they did chase at some pitches, mm-hmm. but they don't just chase at pitches if it's a two-two count. It mm-hmm. has to be o-two. It has to be one-two, mm-hmm. and it has to be a pitch that is like you can't just spike a slider and they're gonna chase it. It has to be a slider that's gonna be in the zone and then dive out of the sure. zone. Like they're not gonna swing at bad pitches. Yeah, you have to consistently threaten them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they they have to feel the pressure. They were they were very pesty and they were very good hitters. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing. I mean, that's a funny that's a funny the, the psychology between hitters and pitchers is always really interesting to me. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, psychology happens. I mean, right now, you know, obviously everybody's watching the last dance cuz that's been on, right? And so you, you yeah. get to see Jordan's, you know, just what a just an absolute assassin he dog. was, right? Yeah. And um but the psychology between because what should happen when you come in the game as a pitcher is you should own that. I mean, yeah. like you, I mean, you're literally you were literally above everybody else. Yeah, and like, like, <clears throat> and and also like you have the ball. It's yeah. thrown when you want to throw it. It mm-hmm. it's thrown the in theory the way that you want to throw it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you you have the control. And when if if a hitting team an opposing hitting team can get in the box and be like. Dude, it doesn't matter. We're gonna hit you all over the place, and and from yeah. one to nine, or one to eight, you know, you have that feeling. As a pitcher, I mean, that's just got to be awful. So to be able to get in there and have a guy who's trying to intimidate you, yeah, and then you know you're able to, and even though he gets a hit off you, and he didn't get a he he didn't get a hard hit off you. It was a bloop single, no, just, right? So a little grounder up to the middle. Yeah. So. But- I mean, our pitching coach talks about it all the time. It's like, when you get out there, are you going to be timid? Or are you going to be soft? Like, are you going to, is it, are the lights going to be too bright? Or right. are you going to be the aggressor? Like, that's what he always preaches. He's like, always be aggressive, like attack, <laughs> yeah. attack, attack. And like, are you going to be a dog? Like, are you going to be like a bulldog? Like, right. you know, because those two, like, yeah, are very different mentalities. For sure. And it's what makes, the good good or the great great like it's you know yeah in in jiu-jitsu it's it's a very similar thing because in jiu-jitsu just like it just like with pitching you're trying to get ahead of the guy so you know um in pitching it's obvious you know if you're if you're up as a pitcher if you're up oh one or oh two or one mm-hmm. and two you're in a situation where that guy's got to be really careful so that's an obvious thing right yeah and even I would imagine, even to some extent, you know, three two, right? Like the pressure's on. It's kind of fifty fifty, but that guy's still got to be aware of like, you, you know, he's he's got to he's either going to get on base, um, and he has a free pass, or he's going to get something that looks that that he potentially can hit. So you know, I would imagine that even if you're in the box and you're if if all, all things being equal, the batter probably feels a little bit more pressure than the pitcher in jujitsu the thing that happens is that so you know like the first thing like oh one is if i can get a grip that 
that I want. So that would be O1. And yeah. O2 would be, can I get a grip that I want and put your body in a position to where I want it? Yep. If I can do those two things, then I'm far ahead and I have an advantage and the other person is left to 100% defense. Yep. And so there's a psychology in that that I think yep. that is really super important. Because I know when I've gotten ahead of guys that are better than I am, and yeah. I finished him, and and I was like, oh, man, that all happened because I got ahead of that dude. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing, you know, like that level of confidence. And then the next time you go with that guy, just like the next time that guy gets in the box, man, you battled with him. Even if he got a hit off you, but you battled, and he knows that he kind of got lucky because he tossed the bat out there and got a bloops, you know, he got a little dribbler up the middle. Like he knows next time he comes in the box, man, He's got to be on top of his game, yeah. right? It's not just like, oh, I'm going to come up here, take a couple pitches, get something I can hit, or this guy's going to walk me, right? Yeah. So even if he does, I mean, those types of, those types of interactions I think are so important, especially yeah. with good hitters, right? Like you have yeah. to be able to, like, I mean, you know, I go with, you know, uh, beginning pro MMA guys, and I know if I can give them a hard round, the next time I roll with them or the next time we go, they're going to approach me a little bit differently. But if I, if, yeah. I, if I give them two or three rounds where they're just beating me like a drum, man, they have so much confidence coming into that, into that, next, you know, that next time we go. So it's mm-hmm. a very, very similar thing. And, and I think that psychology yeah. and, that, and that it's funny because I hear you talk about it. And it, I, I kind of put myself in, you know, if I had that skill and I was me, what would I do? I would look down the mound at that guy staring at me, and I would laugh at him and go, "Like, dude, you have essentially a jujitsu gi. I will choke your fucking ass out, right? Like, <laughs> like that's yeah. what I would think about if I was on the mound, you know? Like, so, and then that psychology wouldn't even matter anymore, you know? Like, because unless he hits yeah. me with a bat, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. So, um, so now, um, you know, uh, we're all kind of stuck in this weird limbo world, <laughs> you know, and so. This is the time where I see a lot of guys kind of taking off, right? And this is a time that can, like, make or break you sure. as a player. Like, it is very rare that you get two months of freedom. Yeah. And, like, for all we know, like, summer ball will probably happen. Sure. Um, whether it's later or whatever, you know, whatever. But, um you know, you take advantage of, like, the time, I guess, because, like, you know, two months to work on getting stronger if you have that capabilities is huge. Even You know, or just try to, like, minimize the losses Mm -hmm. if you don't, like... But, you know, it seems like a lot of guys have been able to do some things, whether it's, like, home gym or get to somewhere, you know, somehow. Sure. But I think the big thing is, is, like... If you can work on mechanics right now too for two months and like really make a lot of changes and then you start to get back into the gym and you start to get stronger and get your strength back like like it's only going to help you mm-hmm. and like it doesn't have to be super intentful throwing um and like you can work on things as you ramp your arm back up too like mm-hmm. i wrote a program for 
um, Holcomb, you know, right. you know, a guy that, yep. you know, we know and you work with too. Like I wrote him one yesterday where like, I'm going to ramp him up, but like everything I designed, I designed it all off the fact of like, get him into separation, yep. like get more separation. So like, it's just, you can work on things and ramp up and be safe. Like it's, they're not all mutually exclusive. So, you know? yeah. So now let's talk about the last two years that we've worked together. And right? this is the thing that, yeah. you know, I want to make sure that everybody understands full and clear here. The only thing that you've done for resistance training has been lifting weights and throwing med balls. Yeah. You've gained since we started working together, uh, consistently, you know, uh, what seven, yeah, six, six, or five to seven, seven miles an hour. an hour. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't from 75 to 83, right. Or no. 80, you know, like, or it wasn't from 75 to 79 or from, from 79 to 84. It was from yeah. 84, 86 to 90, 92. Right. Yeah. So, um, and we haven't thrown a plyo ball. Huh. No. So for everybody yeah. that's listening out there, that's listening to your story, the, we, the way that we have improved his sequencing has been from the ground up. It's yeah. been honest ground force reaction. And we've not thrown a plyo ball yet. And so, and, you know, we obviously have the conversation about if we're going to do it and when we're going to do it. And I have... I have my side of the the the, the defense that I stand on, and then you have the, the your side <laughs> defense that you stand on. Yeah. You know, like we were we were we were talking earlier uh, before when we when you came home about you know what we were gonna do for the summer, and I was like, okay, like so here's where I'm at. You know, I feel like I'm a parent now, and you're 16 years old and you got your license. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and so we want to make sure that you could you know you want to go to the store you know, but uh, like you can't go to Jimmy's. Because Jimmy's is yeah. three or four miles, but you know you got to get on the expressway to go to Jimmy's. You can go yeah. to the store because the store is down the road, right? Yeah. And, and so you know, like at some point in time, we might have that conversation of using it. I believe that by the end of the summer, without it, you'll be up. You'll be hitting ninety-five. I mean, because yeah. because I think that because we haven't thrown off a mound yet, no. and and I think you're probably pretty close to sitting ninety-three, ninety-four now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think that you're really close. So, you know, uh, again, you know, um, the, the, the length of period, two years is a long time and it's not a long time. Right. Now I recognize in baseball career and we've had this conversation, you know, at the beginning yeah. when we had the, you know, Gabe wants to go to Jimmy's, but he can only go to the store conversation. <laughs> you know, we had the conversation also of like, you know, I have the perspective of being 44 and looking back at the dumb shit that I did early on in my career with yeah. my body. And I also fully recognize uh, with all those dumb decisions I made, I didn't have a timeline that, that guys have. Yeah. You know, and so it's a hard conversation about how, when do you decide that you're going to do something that might be risky and what's the cost benefit ratio? Yeah. And then recognizing also that, you know, again, I fully, I fully understand that, you know, guys are looking at, you know, sometimes they have a two or three year window and man, two years seems like a long time or, or, or two years. I'm sorry. Two years doesn't seem like a long time, but you know, you can make sustainable changes relatively quickly. And then what happens is when those changes are good, those other changes just compound on top of it. Right. Like, like it's, it's from, from the first, 
time that we really started talking about your drive leg. And, and by the way, like at that time, I wasn't even going to bullpens. I didn't go to any bullpens. Like, like I didn't, I, I didn't come watch you throw for a while. Right. Yeah. So you were making those changes on your own. I wasn't even watching you throw live. We were just in the office mm-hmm. and we were looking at, we're working on kind of base level movements of your body. Yeah. And so, you know, that's been, you know, that's a, I think that if you can start to figure out, you know, how to, how to use your body more efficiently and, and really pay attention to the, to the, to the mechanics of it, you can make sustainable yeah. change, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So like, what's, you know, I mean, Oh, also like this fall, you've had some contact from some, or I'm sorry, this spring, you've had some contact, huh? Yeah. I got a, well, you know, handful of teams that have sent some emails, just nothing crazy, just yeah. basic contact, but you know, still from where we were a year ago, yeah. like, we've had some conversations that we didn't really see like coming a year ago. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, not that we didn't, it's, it's the goal, but it's just conversations that like, like it's like you hope for, but you know, it's like, you know, you know what I'm, it's, it's like, yeah. uh, but just some cool conversations that like, that, you know, they have to have to be had, but, um, but also just like a cool self-reflection moment. And I think that's another big thing in this whole process is like, um, one thing that I'm starting to learn and I've learned a lot is like, like I have my end goal, mm-hmm. you know, get drafted, mm-hmm. sign that pro contract, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. But it's about like the little things and it's about, I don't think it's hard. Like, so it's hard where my goal is very externalized mm-hmm. and I'm trying to become more internalized mm-hmm. with my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's hard, you know, again, cause I have that. It is external. Like the end game is external. But like, how do you become more internal where it's like, let's do these steps every single day. And then when the the peak week comes and like you do everything right and it's like things line up how they should and the velocity shows. And mm-hmm. like, you can't, if you just, because a lot of days it's been, I've hit my best numbers when I had no intention of doing them. <laughs> right. You know, so I just, it's, you can't really force the external things. You just have to internally work to get to the external eventually and just like enjoy the little moments, enjoy the little PRs. Like, yeah. Um, well, it's the building of the habits too, right? Yeah. You know, it's the building um, of the habits. Cause that's the thing that gets you to the place where you want to be is it's, it's the habits. Yeah. It's the, it's the rep, it's the repetition of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then obviously the repetition of, of the right habits for you, because, yeah. you know, everybody will have a similar process, but each person has a little bit of a different process of how they get there. There'll be certain things that are, are universally true for everybody. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, but I, and the, so the, the, the interesting thing too, is like, you know, um, when you get to, when you, when you get that pro contract and you get drafted mm-hmm. and you get in rookie ball, it's going to start yeah. all over again. Exactly. So the habits that you're creating right now are habits, hopefully, that take you through, right? Yeah. And so the more that you dial in your habits now, those are going to be the habits that you can – so it doesn't feel like you're starting all over again, right? 
because that's the thing. Like, you don't want to get into into rookie ball and go, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's probably the advantage, yeah. too, a little bit of being, like, going to college. Because you can start to develop some of those things, you know, and, and play around with some, some habits and some ideas instead of yeah. being, like, in rookie ball and just being thrown into the wolves. Yeah, for sure. So... So what do you, uh, what, what do you, what, what are the things that you're looking for, you know, out of this summer to go into, into either summer ball or into, you know, at the worst next fall season? Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I have to talk to my summer ball coaches and stuff like that. You know, you know, it's crazy times and, you know, safety is a little bit of a concern right now, Sure. you know, just after talking with my family and stuff like that. So um, just, you know, being really far away from home in a time like this, it's just, we're not, just got something we got to talk about. Sure. Um, so I guess right now I'm just, I guess I'm thinking like, you know, we'll be, I'll be doing a lot of training this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get together with some of the guys if I can try to set some stuff up, throw live in that regard. But like, you know, for, for me, it's like right now I've, programmed like for eight weeks of flat ground we have about four more weeks of Mm -hmm. it left and then i got a little three-week window where i'm gonna kind of like not take time off but i'm gonna change my lifting up a little bit Mm -hmm. and then i think we're gonna try to work up the mound a little bit and slowly progress on the mound Mm -hmm. and then i have a you know a pretty intensive program where it's gonna like really test my will for weightlifting Mm -hmm. um and then we're going to start working on the mound, you know, for the, probably that eight-week period, too, mm-hmm. and try to convert this all over and see what happens. And, you know, something that we're pretty excited about. And then towards the end of it, maybe try to get some live. And, like, sure. I guess right now it's, you know, I don't have, like, I'm just worried about, like, getting as strong as I can and, you know, getting my stuff as good as I can right now. And then go into the fall and just, I feel like right now is just, just do my thing and I don't have to overthink anything. And I just, if I, if I, you know, stay to myself and stay who I am and like my stuff builds this summer and like, I'll be, I'll be good and sure. then have a good fall and then just get to play again, which is, you know, it will be fun. It's gotta be the weirdest thing for you. Like how, yeah it's probably not been since it was march first week of march was last game against the university of minnesota yeah that was our last game but it's it's probably Um, not been since probably the middle of high school for you that you've had like this long off right no yeah you know even in uh college you only get we had nine weeks off which usually we don't have that long and then um plus four for winter break sure so yeah four for winter break Mm -hmm. and then you know in high school i'd get like five months off sure to eight months off so it was was just it's weird yeah well especially given the last two years so well i think we should probably do like a part two at the end of the summer and see where we're at right 
yeah let's do it you know like so we can we can oh, kind yeah. of re- reflect back on you know okay so here's what we were talking about sean's running his mouth in episode one let's see if he can let's see if he can cash the checks that his that his mouth is running you know like yeah you know and i'm excited to use this diamond kinetics ball and you know and really figure out like oh, i want to try to i want to you know one of my things is like I really want to hammer my changeup out. Like yeah. it's been, it's good, but I think if I can kill a little bit more velocity on it and kill a little bit of more spin on it, that yeah. would only make it better. Yeah. And maybe add like a cutter or something like sure. that. You know. Yeah. A little 88, 89 cutter. Sure. I think that'd be nice. So. Yeah, I that's think something that we I, can play with. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see. That that's going to be an interesting thing as well because I've never actually dealt with any pitch selection, right? Like or or like yeah. you know how to how to craft pitches, in theory I have the idea in my head right like I I yeah. understand because it's all just timing right like and and what like I was talking about on Cutter Nation when I was on there with those guys like it's it, uh, your fastball's punching the guy in the face with a with a cross right like it's yeah. it, you know it, it's it's it can also be used as a jab you know because it's a setup pitch. And so, you know, like I understand the timing and the psychology of it. It'll be interesting to see what we can do with it and then how, yeah. you know, that information allows us to kind of tweak some things in the system a little bit too. So, yeah. well, why don't we go ahead and kind of wrap this up? I mean, again, you and I could yeah. sit here and do this for another two hours, right? So, and we're going to do it for another hour and a half later on today. So, you know, like, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, um, well, dude, so, you know, um, I, you know, I've said, you said this to you before, but you know, I, uh, the, the last two years have been super cool. Like, yeah, come, it's been awesome to come along for the ride with you like this and, and to get the opportunity has been really cool. And then, and then just to see the stuff that we've done together, because you know, like I was telling, so people don't know out there, my, my son, my son's name is Gabe as well. And yep. so uh, I was talking to my little Gabe, as we call him, right? I was talking to little Gabe this morning, and I said, uh, <clears throat> he's like, so you're going to do a podcast with Gabe, huh? And I was like, yeah. I said, this is the Pitching Nerd origin story. He's like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, without Gabe, I, I don't have – the Pitching Nerd probably doesn't even exist. Yeah. Without the opportunity to work with you, the Pitching Nerd doesn't even exist. And then, and then you know, the next the, – I purposely put the, the first two guests as you and then Brent because yeah. without going to top V – I don't know that like I'm where I'm at now doing what I'm doing, yeah. what we're doing. Right. And so yeah. the first two guests are like the origin story for the pitching nerd. And then, you know, um, you and I, you know, the, the, our kind of growth has been kind of similar with each other. So it's yeah. going to be interesting because I'm now going to interview Brent. So it's going to be really cool to kind of like get in deep with him, you know, in the next episode. So, well, dude, I'm going to let you run because I'm sure you got some stuff to do. I super yeah. appreciate uh, the, you know, the time that you awesome. spent with me this morning. And we'll do, a, we'll do a part two at the, end of the, at the end of the summer. Sounds good. All right, man. Talk soon, buddy. This was awesome. Yep. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pitching Nerd Show. To grow the Pitching Nerd crew, do me a favor. Rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps me to get to better guests and more opportunities for the podcast. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you guys soon.